We're looking in the 19th chapter of the book of Luke. I'd like you to turn there, if you would, please. Luke chapter 19. I'd like you to follow as I read, beginning in verse 29. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, Why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. And they were sent, they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosening the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the, among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at the least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes, for the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And he went into the temple, and began to cast out them that sold therein, and them that bought, saying unto them, it is written, My house is the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And he taught daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him and could not find what they might do, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, how we thank you for this incredible account 
this remarkable working of your spirit to draw all men to yourself. Father, I pray that uh, there might be a, a special encouragement this morning as we ponder the things that took place, the things which took the Savior to the cross, the things which accomplished our salvation, Father, the things which uh, changed so dramatically when Jesus rose from the dead. Father, would you be pleased to bless our time in the Word this morning? Encourage these who've gathered today. Bless the children as they have their lesson. Father, thank you for the children we've already been privileged to hear this morning crying out, Hosanna. Bless now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you ponder with me just for a min minute something about the, the, uh, the weight of the Gospels when it comes to the matter of this time? Um, the Gospels, a substantial portion of Scripture, and yet in these Gospel accounts, about one quarter of Matthew's gospel is devoted to one week. About one quarter of Mark's gospel is given to one week of time. A third of Luke's gospel is given to one week. And John beloved, half the book of John is devoted to one week. Where do you think the emphasis is? Stop and think about that just for a minute. Look how much God has given to us about that one week. The first thing we see is when Jesus makes his way to Jerusalem. We pick it up in verse 28. When he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he was come nigh, that Bethany and Bethphage are, are uh, on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is about two miles east of Jerusalem. It's, it's a little bit higher. It's about 200 feet in elevation higher than the Temple Mount. Uh, that's where he is. He's preparing to come down from the Mount of Olives and go into Jerusalem. How far is it? Two miles. Certainly something they can see from where they're at. Then we read about this uh, incredible account. He sent two of his disciples... Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you why loose ye him, thus shall ye say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. Two disciples 
respond in obedience, make the journey to that nearby village. It says in verse 32, and when they, they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them, and as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. I uh, read one of the commentaries that talked about this. Uh, Jesus is about to be presented as a king the only time in the New Testament we see that. Uh, what do you think the Romans would think of that? What do you think the uh, chief priests and scribes and Pharisees would think of that? And maybe the need for secrecy about whose cult this is was necessary and needful. But the Lord gave them very specific instructions, and they followed his instructions just as he said. Verse 35, And they brought him to Jesus and cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon, and as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. Uh, let me read you something again from one of my... Uh, I, I consider the people who wrote evangelical and fundamental commentaries as friends, even if I never met them. <laughs> they are friends. Here's what one reads. The laying of garments on the animals... And on the road, the waving and spreading of branches, just as we saw between Sunday school and church, by the way, uh, were all part of a traditional Jewish reception for royalty. You've got the picture in your mind. By the way, uh, is that how kings typically arrived on a donkey? if they were coming in peace. How did they come if they were coming for war, by the way? They came on horses. If you want another picture, take a look in the book of Revelation. How was Jesus coming there? Let's take a look at what happens Verse 37, and when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples, uh, how many disciples were there? Now, you can tell me 12, and yes, we can make a case for that, but that's not the crowd that's here. How many were there? Uh, I think the newer translations all use the word crowd multitude. There were a lot of people. Even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Do you think that would get the attention of anybody in Jerusalem? I, I, I think without a doubt uh, this would Give, give rise to a, an incredible amount of attention. 
Uh, why were they rejoicing and praising God with a loud voice? We read, for all the mighty works that they had seen. Uh, this is an interesting thing. Uh, in the Gospels, we have about 40 of Jesus' miracles recorded in about 70 verses that describe very specific things that he did. He healed people. He delivered people. That is, he cast out demons. He changed water into wine. He multiplied the bread and the fishes on two different occasions to feed thousands of people. He raised the dead. Forty that we've got in the Gospels. Uh, turn in your Bible to John chapter 21, would you? John chapter 21. In the very last verse of the book of John, we read this. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Did Jesus only do about 40 miracles? Oh, no. It gives us a pretty good representation of the kinds of things that he did. But he did things, hundreds of things, thousands of things that were miraculous, that were powerful, that were incredible. These who are standing alongside, these who are accompanying Jesus, these who are spreading their clothes in the way and waving palm branches are rejoicing and praising God with a loud voice because of the incredible things that he had done in their sight. And they weren't even afraid of the Romans and the Jewish leaders. What an incredible occasion. We read this in verse 38. These who were rejoicing, these who were praising God with a loud voice for the multitude of works he had done, say, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Do you know what they were repeating? If you'd like to go to the 118th Psalm, we'll take a look at this. Psalm 118. This, by the way, is a messianic psalm. We read this in verses 25 and 26. Save now. By the way, how is that translated in the New Testament? Hosanna. That's what the children said this morning. Save now. Hosanna. Hosanna. I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That's what they were saying. 
as Jesus began the descent of the Mount of Olives. Uh, would you for a moment turn to the 21st of Matthew? Matthew chapter 21. This is Matthew's account of the same uh, story we're looking at here, the same incidents. In the 21st chapter of the book of Matthew, pick it up in verse 4. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. Where did Matthew get that from? Well, he got it from the Old Testament. Would you like to turn to Zechariah chapter 9? Ninth chapter of the book of Zechariah, in the ninth verse. Here's what the prophet said hundreds of years before. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt the foal of an ass. These incredible scriptures speak volumes about Jesus, who he is and why he came. This crowd, overflowing with praise for the things they had seen Jesus do, recounting Scripture and fulfilling Scripture, do raise some eyebrows. Would you take a look at verse 39, Luke chapter 19? And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. Where did that come from? Did you know those were some of the people alongside this incredible procession? You see these incredible verses being fulfilled these Old Testament prophecies, and yet there are some with this incredible bent. They might say, well, yes, he's a teacher, or, but they resented what they were seeing when the disciples recounted Scripture, when the disciples, with a loud voice, praised God for the miracles they had seen, for the mighty working of Jesus. By the way, how did Jesus answer these Pharisees? He answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out, the scripture will be fulfilled. No question. Well, I've mentioned my commentator friends. Uh, one of my favorites is Warren Wiersbe. I, I had the privilege to hear Brother Wiersbe on several occasions over the, the years. He went to be with the Lord not too long ago. Uh, 
such a gracious and good man. Uh, I will tell you, I have two, I know, I know of two pastors, one of them a friend of mine, who pastored in Illinois, and they called him up in his retirement and said, is it possible that we could drive up to Chicago and, and uh, meet with you and, and, and just bounce things off of you, get, get your take on these? And he said, well, you guys are very busy men. How about if I drive halfway and meet you someplace? Which is exactly what happened. And gave them several hours of his time just to bounce things back and forth. What, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a real Christian commentator. He, he had such an incredible way about him. Let me read to you what he said concerning this. Wearsby says, this is the only time that Jesus permitted a public demonstration on his behalf. And he did so for at least two reasons. First, he was fulfilling prophecy and presenting himself as Israel's king. Of course, we've just seen that from Zechariah 9.9. How much of this crowd really understood, we cannot tell even though they responded by quoting praises from the Messianic Psalm, the 118th. No doubt many of the Passover pilgrims thought that Jesus would now get rid of the Roman invaders and establish his glorious kingdom. I, I think there may have been many there that that's what they thought. The second reason for this demonstration was to force the Jewish religious leaders to act. They had hoped to arrest him after the Passover, and you read about that in the 26th chapter of the book of Matthew, verses 3 through 5. But God had ordained that his son be slain on the Passover as the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Every previous attempt to arrest Jesus had failed, and the scripture even tells us why. His hour, his hour had not yet come. We read that in John 7.30. We read it in John 8.20. When these religious leaders saw this great public celebration, they knew that they had to act. And the cooperation of Judas solved their problem. Just for a moment, would you turn to John chapter 1? You have the picture in your mind about all that's taken place. Listen to what John says in John 1.11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Is that not incredible? He was the fulfillment of all that God had prophesied. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power, or the right, or the authority to become the sons of God, 
even to them which believe on his name. Is that not thought-worthy? He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him. I have a question. Have you received him? If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've invited him to come into your heart and life, change your life, forgive your sin, give you those exceeding great and precious promises, he gave you the power, King James says, the right, the authority to become his child. Is that not the best Easter blessing ever? Let's go back over to the book of Luke, the 19th chapter. And we'll finish up this incredible account. There are three things I'll mention. First, the city, that's in verse 41. Then the temple, that's verse 45. And finally, the people. What about the city? And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. One of the Greek scholars gave his rendition of this verse. And as he came near, having caught sight of the city, he burst into tears, weeping audibly over it. Do you know the shortest verse in the Bible? John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. What's he doing here? What would bring our Savior to this incredible reaction? If thou hadst known, they had their opportunity, and they turned it down. They rejected it. Here's what Wearsby says about this. Jesus saw the terrible judgment that was coming to the nation, the city, and the temple. In A.D. 70, the Romans would come, and after a siege of 143 days, would kill 600,000 Jews and take thousands more captive, and then destroy the temple in the city. A.D. 70. Jesus knew that was coming. What does he say at the end of verse 44? Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Uh, again, here's a Greek uh, scholar's rendition of this. Because you did not recognize the strategic season of God's gracious, overseeing care and offer of help. That's the city. Jesus weeping over it. Now the temple, verse 45. He went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought, saying unto them, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. 
This is the second time that Jesus did this. He did it at the beginning of his ministry, and that's recorded in John chapter 2 from 13 to 17. This is the second time. And as Jesus thinks about what the prophets have said, Isaiah chapter 56 at verse 7, Mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Jeremiah 7.11, you've made it a den of thieves. The temple. Cleansing the temple. Reminding them that that was for the purpose of praying and worshiping God alone. The city, the temple, the people. And he taught daily in the temple, but the chief priests and scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him. Those who were in charge, those who were the leaders, what was their view of Jesus? A threat to their power? They sought to destroy him and could not find what they might do for all the people were very attentive to hear him. One of the newer Version says, all the people were hanging on to every word he said. This one week began in such a tempestuous way. This one week will finish in the most incredible way, accomplishing our redemption and securing the promise of heaven for every believer. Listen, he came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him. I trust you've done that, that you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. What an incredible thing. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for your wonderful word. Thank you for the Lord Jesus for the incredible things he has accomplished on the behalf of all who would call on him. Father, would you be pleased to bless in this church in the days ahead? Fathers, uh, we plan to gather on Easter Sunday. Plan to hear Brother David Hill. I, I pray, Father, that you'd bless in wonderful ways. In the week following, with Pastor Luke coming, Father, would you bless in wonderful ways as he prepares for ministry here. Father, I pray that you might help your people to walk in the newness of life. Father, to be pondering what the resurrection means for how we live each and every day. Father, if there's one here today who's never trusted Christ, would you stir in their heart their need to respond to this invitation today to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, to receive the Lord Jesus. Ask, Father, that you'll bless in our song of invitation now. And we ask this with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.